female chicken will mate with many different males, but if she decides after the deed is done that she doesn't want a particular ro rooster's offspring, she can reject that inside of her body. <laughs> Does that sound real? When I was probably eight or nine, I had one house that had probably 5,000 chickens in it, and I had to gather the eggs. Wow. Whoa. So that was you know, one of my jobs. How do you gather eggs for 5,000 birds? What they certify is that the building that they go to was cage-free. So if it's an animal welfare standard, what about the million chickens they just walked past? And so, so your trailers and RVs hold like how many chickens? Well, right now we've got a guy in Kansas. We get chicks uh, for him in July. Okay. He'll have 800 chickens. That's so cool. Thank you for tuning in today to Edible Economy. I'm Nate. And I'm Kim. So we know that there are lots of great podcasts out there, lots of ways that you could spend your time, and we are really thankful that you chose to spend it with us. Please click the subscribe button and give us the highest rating you can. Six stars would be great, even though there's only five. <laughs> it, uh, it helps the show in so many ways, so many, many, many ways. So again, yes, please rate us. Thank you for spending your time with us. And today, we are excited to have Terry Osborne. Hi, Terry. Hi. Terry is with Chicken Track. Um, so before we get going, I wanted to set the stage today. We are uh, we're going to be talking chickens. All we're things talking lots chickens. Lots of chickens. Yes. Let me give you Terry's bio in a second. But but before we get going, I pulled up some really cool chicken facts. Did you know that the chicken is of the Gallus Gallus domesticus? Is that right, Terry? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, domestic domestic subspecies of the red jungle fowl. Pretty cool. So I guess chickens are from the jungle. Um, bird was probably first domesticated for cockfighting, not as food. I didn't know that. Yep. Probably so. Yeah. Probably they, so. They were a lot skinnier than what you uh, see now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so South Carolina Gamecocks were on to something, right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this next one's kind of cool. Chickens are not completely flightless. They can get airborne enough to make it over a fence or into a tree. Depends on the breed, but yes. They, uh, okay. They can, yeah. <laughs> so we uh, we watched this nature show with our with our child, and there is flightless, near flightless, and 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 obviously and flight. flight flight birds. But <laughs> I, I mean, so it, it was just funny hearing about near flightless birds. It's like oh, I want to get going, <laughs> running. I, I think I can. Fly. I think I can. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Slam into the. I fence. made it to a branch. <laughs> Those are peacocks too, right? Uh, I'm not, not really sure. Yeah, Terry so. is a chicken expert, not yes. a peacock expert. Yeah. But you probably know <laughs> a little bit about But I've not seen them fly that much. <laughs> so, but when we were in Mexico, we did see peacocks up in... Trees. Yeah. Yeah. And it and is like one on of the balconies. strangest things to wake up to. You know, we wake up to roosters making their noises in the morning. And there are some tropical places in Mexico that wake up to the most... It, it sounds like a chicken is having the life squeezed out of it. Yes. Is what, is what the peacocks sound like. So uh, chickens are actually omnivores. They eat seeds and insects. And I think this is interesting, but they'll also eat larger prey like small mice and lizards. I didn't know that. Yes. They, if 
there's a mouse running, they go for it. Okay. Like we it. should let them out in the house. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. We were going to get some, uh, some barn cats, but maybe we just need some chickens in there to crush everything. <laughs> So, uh, with 25 billion chickens in the world, there are more of them than any other bird species. Um, that also means there's more chickens than humans, right? <laughs> we should know that fact. Yeah. There's a human well, on this earth. There, there are. I, I'm saying there are more chickens than humans running around the world. And if you think about it, you know, in the United States, how many chickens do we eat a year? That's true. Lots. Oh, yeah. We can talk about... You know, they're stacked in cages on top but of each other. Terry is, in, Terry is loaded with large, the large, yes, <laughs> large buildings. So there are lots and lots of chicken breeds. Um, t- tell us some of the chicken breeds that are out there. I know you don't have to go through all of them. Yeah, well, there's a lot of, um, you know, I guess ornamental breeds or some that just look real pretty like a Polish they look like they got a big fuzzy head and oh that's cool and there's others one of my favorite is the Buff Warpington because they just sort of like this you know cool laid-back chicken they're like pets more yeah. than more, more than the more other than breeds that. yeah they don't lay necessarily a lot of eggs but they're just kind of cool I've got uh, my office window at, at my house it I can see my neighbor's house from there and they've got Buff Warpington so sometimes I'll see them you know just kind of Doing their thing, hanging yeah. out, and so there's there's a lot of different ones. Um, business wise, there's kind of some they're selective breeding to you know so they'll lay more eggs or or in the broiler or meat chicken industry they will um, get bigger. Okay, and, bigger and, quicker. And so you know the different breeds have a different purpose, and sometimes they get too big. Sometimes they get too big. Yeah, the, when they're not raised right or they're doing it in. The giant, giant operations. Sometimes they don't really walk too much. Do yeah, they? well, so a lot of that is that selective breeding because they they're breeding them to get big fast. Yeah, and they really get and big breast. And, like, yeah, huge and big breast. And they get get big faster than their body skeleton actually can can handle. Yes, it. and their legs can hold mm-hmm. right. But there's still lots of fun breeds out there too. <laughs> there's still lots of fun breeds. Yeah. So for for backyard chickens and for all those things, there, there's just and the Americanos, Americanos with the different colored eggs. The different colored eggs, and uh, there's a Moran that lays kind of a chocolate. Oh, that's egg. cool. And, um, but for the most part, it's it's white or brown. Okay. Yep. You know, it's funny when you go to the stores. Uh, I don't know if this is purely marketing or what, but. If you're going to get organic or cage-free, they make those brown eggs. Like You, you see the marketing behind yes. that makes those brown. I guess it's a stand out from white eggs. Well, or, or what, what's the point? A lot of it is. Basically, in the United States, um, we eat more white eggs than, than, than browns. Uh, regionally, there's some differences. But as the cage-free and organic movement started up, that was basically brown eggs, and it differentiated you from the large cage agribusiness okay and so that's why so people if you if you have a white that's why you don't see a white organic because what the customer will think was well you just took a caged egg and put it in a carton and called it organic <laughs> right <laughs> and, and we've heard that we've heard that argument levied against some fruit in the past haven't we yeah, yeah. yeah well, every, every industry has <laughs> has those kind of things so uh, moving on to some, to some more facts. So uh, baby chickens are chicks. Female chickens are pullets until they're old enough to lay eggs and become hens. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. 
So I actually thought all babies were pullets, but it's just the female ones. Yes. Huh. So and it's baby male chicken. Um, I should know that, but we don't. <laughs> we don't like the them. You don't use them for laying yeah. eggs, do you? Yeah. Well, and it takes a little while to know, like. A cockerel is the, what. Okay. If it's male it's or female. Yeah. Okay. You know, you like wait for the the comb to come out or the tail mm-hmm. feathers, and then you can tell it's a rooster, right? Yeah, you can. The Again, the, the larger commercial industry have it down to where either the feather is oh, longer okay. or shorter or oh, their color, wow. color is different. So they breed it to Yeah, so when they have feather, feather, they, they can, can tell. tell. Oh, my gosh. Separate it out. So they have indicators. They've, been, they've bred indicators into them. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's some impressive science right there, isn't it? Yes. So um, a rooster announces... To a flock of chickens that he's found food with a tuk tuk tuk, but the hens don't pay attention if they already know that there's food around. <laughs> so next time dinner's ready, you can just say tuk tuk tuk, yeah, and I'll come running. Or no, you'll already tell me I've already done it. <laughs> I made it. And actually, the hens don't pay attention to him anyway. So, <laughs> so uh, that's typical, huh? Cross species. <laughs> <laughs> this next one's pretty typical cross species as well. So roosters Maybe. perform a little dance called tidbitting, in which they make sounds and move their head up and down, picking up and dropping a bit of food. How about that? <laughs> Do you see that one? I don't see that a lot. Of course, we have mainly just hens. Okay. We have had some, uh, in the past, some roosters in with the hens for some fertile eggs and um, and that may be wild behavior too. It it it, it may be. Yes, you know, some things change once you get them in a different environment. But uh, but the roosters, they you know they're proud of themselves and they'll flap and they'll crow. And, <laughs> and I love the sound a rooster makes. I think it's I just think it's so awesome to hear. <laughs> and they'll spur you. Yeah. And, see, and I haven't I tough. haven't had that yet. Yeah. I know. <laughs> So scientists think that the rooster's waddle, the dangly bits hanging below right there, um, below his beak, helps him to gain a hen's attention when he is tidbitting. Does that sound, uh, sound familiar? Rather, I mean, it seems like yeah. typical bird behavior, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, and like the showier birds are the males, and so it's just mm-hmm. part of their... And the males a lot of times tend to end up being a little more colorful. You know, of course, yeah. they have more color on their face because they have bigger comb and, and waddles and things like that. Okay. So this next one is, uh, um, it, it's kind of empowering. So a female chicken will mate with many different males, <laughs> but if she decides after the deed is done that she doesn't want a particular ro- rooster's offspring, she can reject that inside of her body. This occurs most <laughs> often when the male is lower in the pecking order. Does that sound real? I don't it know, must but be. you know, there are people who actually do the science of bird behavior, <laughs> and I, I don't know how you would would gauge that. But, I know, uh, right? But there's interesting ways to to do that. <laughs> so, uh, finally, the uh, the chicken was the first bird to have its genome sequenced in 2004. 
we don't really need to talk much about that, but, you know, it's kind of a neat yeah. fact. Interesting. <laughs> so as we said a few minutes ago, and as you've heard talking with us today, we have Terry Osborne. And Terry grew up in the Ozarks of Arkansas, Missouri? Missouri, just live, on the line. Missouri. Almost. And you live in Missouri now? Live in Missouri now, but yeah. had lived in Colorado for 26 years. Yep. And, and, but, uh, and so, anyway, back, back there, uh, again, went to the, got your BS in agriculture and poultry science from the University of Arkansas. You're an SEC guy. Yes. Yep. Shout out to the SEC. That's yeah, right. Okay. The basketball and football conference of the world. Um, <laughs> third generation poultry farmer. He grew up in the big ag caged hen industry, started a cage-free egg company in 1991 with his father and his sister in Colorado. Um, we'll get a little into that a little bit more, too. That's a, that's a pretty interesting story behind that. Um, started a local egg company in 2012 selling cage-free uh, to pasture eggs. And we're going to get into what's cage-free, what's, what's pasture chicken, what, what is a cage-free chicken really cage-free? Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, so he's also doing consulting service for cage-free to pasture companies. Uh, and they range from small to the big ag model. And one of the really cool things that uh, Terry and I have been talking, we've been talking about a year about this, this most recent project he's doing, is the developing of the mobile egg house for small egg producers, also known as the... Well, it's um, either the rearing vehicle for the, uh, the chicken RV or the chicken cabin for the, the lane house. Yeah, I like the chicken RV. I, yeah. I think that's, I just think <laughs> it's, it's great. And if you, want, uh, if you want a link to those facts, we'll put those, we'll put those in the show notes to, today as well. So, um, yeah, as I was explaining, Terry and I and Kimberly, we all met, I don't know, it was probably six, seven years ago. Yeah, it's probably about that. At a, at a market to compete with one of the, one of the big markets in, in town. <laughs> <laughs> a farmer's market. A farmer's market, yes. yeah. And we're not gonna give them we're not gonna give them any press by talking about them today. But no. so we met there, um, and I know that we worked with uh, we worked with another mutual friend, a guy named Diego. Yep. And Diego, Diego would get a bunch of eggs and mm -hmm. sell them oh, at our markets. That's right. Yeah, yes. remember that. Mm -hmm. And uh, Terry, uh, Terry's one of the good guys. He does things the right way. We appreciate that. Well, by the way, yes. yeah. And so um, let's talk chickens. How'd you how'd you get into chickens? When, when did this start? Besides with the your family? whole life, we yeah, besides your whole life, pretty much my whole life. I, um, you know, Dad had a farm, and and it, we, it was caged um, cage birds. And um, when I was probably eight or nine, I had one house that had um, probably five thousand chickens in it, and I had to gather the eggs. Wow! Whoa! So that was you know, one of my jobs. You so, had to gather the eggs. From yeah. Go Wait, ahead. first, so when you say cage birds, that means that they basically never come out of a cage for yeah, their whole life. Right. Like individual cages, or are they like in a group? There'd in be a cage? small group in each small cage. Small group. Okay. In each. okay. And um, so I'd, you know, gather the eggs. And then when I was in, um, oh, probably junior high, uh, that kind of switched because I was raising the pullets, the, the young chickens, before they were laying the eggs. And um, there were some buildings across from our house. So. It was about 10,000 birds, and every morning I'd go feed them. 
And then okay. every afternoon after school, I'd come back and you know check them and, and everything like that. And um, so that just it's just been been what what we've done. And like I said on on the bio, it's the third generation poultry farmer, but it actually probably goes back farther than that. My sister-in-law does a lot of genealogy, and so she'll get pictures and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's cool. And so my great-great-grandfather, they had a family picture. They were all younger. Of course, had the great-great-great-grandparents there, and there was one guy holding a chicken <laughs> in that picture. And so I said, well, who's, who, you know, which one is holding the chicken? So, well, it's in our line. It's my great-great-grandfather. <laughs> and, uh, and then we had kind of a family reunion just a month ago, and my uh, great-great-grandmother had a picture in front of the chicken house, and there's all these chickens in, in front of her. And, That's and cool. And so it probably goes back a little farther than that. It's probably third gen- generation commercially. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and my, my grandfather was delivering um, chicks from Missouri into Arkansas when, when all that kind of first got started okay oh that's yeah. cool so you would ra- you would hatch the they would have a hatchery they would hatch them and then they deliver them to the farmer yeah. nice so you said how many thousands of birds when you were younger five thousand. yeah five thousand when i was gathering eggs and um how do you gather eggs for five thousand birds well basically the the in that one the cage is on a slant and the okay. egg rolls out on a little tray and you just walk along with a kind of a push cart and and put them into a 30 30 egg what we call a flat okay and oh, then put wow. them in the boxes after that so. okay that's a lot of eggs there's yeah. a lot of pushing yeah so like how many <laughs> eggs a day was that well you'd be close to you know 4500 at okay, that time so probably something close. like that they lay almost an egg a day yeah. they, they lay more now than they did you know back then okay so do they do it all at the same time you know or do they is it throughout the day most of them lay in the morning Okay. So the majority, the majority of the eggs, um, they get done in the morning, and and um, of course when we get to, to cage free and, and pastured type scenarios, then then it's playtime, you know, or, or siesta. They'll go out and okay and do their thing. But the morning's really busy. They're actually kind of louder in the house in the morning because they're just pushing ready to lay out. eggs and they're eating <laughs> and everything else. And then the afternoon is kind of laid back and hey. <laughs> I've done my work for the day, so it's good. <laughs> my uh, my son is actually in farm camp right now, and he told me a great story about eggs yesterday. Do you yes. want to tell the story? Yeah, because he told you directly. I was there. Yeah, so there, there's they're on like week four of this farm camp. So the chickens have been around kids like constantly for four weeks now, and there's like fifty chickens at this farm. And so now they're just not even going into their roost to lay eggs because then the kids just snatch them up. They're like trying to get away from the kids by now. The kids snatch the chickens. Snatch the chickens up, not the eggs. Right. (laughs) Yeah, they're like trying to lay eggs and there's so many kids around. So now they're like going down. So yesterday he found, he saw an egg like down by the creek bank. So um, they asked the farmer if they could go get the egg and then they looked over like a ledge and then there was like a whole cl- like 10 more eggs down yeah. below like right next to the water so they got to collect them all but yeah so the chickens are just trying to find safe <laughs> havens they, to lay eggs <laughs> they like that we build the nest that in inside the chicken house that way and we put there's like a little curtain there they like a nice quiet 
comfy place to go work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <All> right. <laughs> and, uh, and so if, if they're disturbed during that time, they'll find another nice comfy place. <laughs> you know, this reminds me, if we look out the window, we can see Kim's father is actually building building a coop building for our a chickens, coop for right, our now. chickens right, right now they're getting too big they were in our bathtub now they're in our garage <laughs> yeah. and now they need a coop kate got to meet them yes <laughs> so uh yeah you should stop by after the podcast and tell him if he's doing Give it us right advice. <laughs> yes <laughs> so um moving moving forward a little bit you you told me an interesting story uh i was telling you a little bit about how we're working with the ffa and and all of that. Uh-huh. So were you a member of the FFA when you were yeah, growing in, in high school, uh, uh, Future Farmers of America. Yes. And it's a high school program. And I, I was a, a member, and, and they have judging teams for, for different animals or, or things like that. So you've got poultry and beef and dairy cows. And I was on a national championship poultry judging team. So every year. Okay. We, you go it's cool. to a state competition, and then you go. If you win that, you go to the national competition. And uh, we had one guy on our team that got first out of all individuals, and I, I think I ended up third. Wow! And so it's nationally, yeah, yeah nationally. Nice. So it's, it's all. Then they add up your points, and the the team with the lowest points uh, win. Okay. So what what goes into that? Well, you basically so for for the poultry. And it's really similar to, to the other animals, too, is that um, you have some live judging, so they'll have, like, four chickens there. and, and This you, is, like, typically at the fair, right? No, it's... Oh, okay. You no, know, this is actually in, during high school, during the, the, the high school season. Oh, okay. And so you will, will judge those four for chickens based on whatever category, you know, it, which would be the better layer than the other one or something like that. And then you have to stand in front of someone and give your reasons, Okay, you know, so you like defend your chicken dissertation. You have to say, yeah, here's <laughs> here's why I picked this one. This is number one chicken, and here's why this one is not number one. And so you have to stand in front of somebody, and, and so they're you know judging off that criteria, and then you you do some things like grading eggs, okay. which we do. You put a candling light where you can see inside the eggs, and you um, look for cracks and deformities and things like that. And so you have to mark. What is a candling light? Um, it's just a basically a light with a small hole that okay. you can just put the egg up to, and if you put the egg up to it, you can kind of see inside of it. Oh, that's cool! And, uh, and it's like you, X-ray before X-ray. That's right. If you give it a little spin, you can kind of see the yolk move, and and if there's a crack in the egg, you can you can see the crack. And so you'd mark those down, and then we'd go to the the meat side, and we'd have to grade just like. Um, like a USDA grader would okay in the plant and you know if it's got a tear in the in the skin or something like that and so you mark all that down and so in the end that's how they score you okay they score you on how you scored yeah on how you did all those things oh that's pretty cool yeah did you have any idea no idea yeah, no idea <laughs> and so it, with FFA it's the same if it's you know a, a beef cattle or you know they have their criteria that they have to meet and, and they have to give those same reasons you know why this cow's better than than the other cow so would you go and, and say like uh, you said nationally did you was there like a national competition yep, they or have a national it, yep. place every and, year they have it uh, have a national competition and so you go there and you you compete against all the other states okay that's really nice. neat that is and that that's still going on so you know FFA is more prominent in the in the rural Sure. Kind of, kind of uh, 
communities in, than in town. But it, it, it's a good program. It, it teaches kids uh, a lot. In your, uh, in your bio and some of the experience that we talked about, you, you talked about starting a business with, your, with some of your family members. Yeah, with my, my dad and, and my sister. I, mo- I moved out here in, in 1990. Okay. And, and we, were, we moved to a farm, and, and it was a, another com- a, the large ag kind of company owned the farm. The thing I liked about it is we started all the baby chicks on the floor instead of in cages. Okay. Okay. And um, so we moved out here, and um, it was 1990. I was starting to read about in Europe that there were some people who, or in Europe, they were kind of going this cage-free thing. And so I thought, well, you know, why wouldn't it work here? You know, if, if people don't like chickens in cages, I'd like to give them a choice. The chickens or the people? Give the people a choice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what they buy. You know, so so it, it, instead of just banning cages um, through legislation or something like that, well, if enough people would choose, you know, cage-free organic or, or something like that, then you'd start pushing the industry that direction. Okay. And so we... Um, in 1991, we we started Nest Fresh Eggs, and um, you know, which we, Nest Fresh is not a tiny company, not anymore. Yeah, no. it was sold to a, a larger big ag company in 2006. Yeah, I guess I'm getting ahead. So yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, so we, my uh, of course, my dad and I were kind of production people we know the, the the chicken business and and on that end and the production end and my sister is just a brilliant marketer okay so we said okay you go and do the marketing stuff and we'll make sure there's eggs <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and usually when you're starting something um especially like with with uh, animal livestock or, or even with eggs we get we try to figure out how many we need and then they start laying eggs but it's kind of hard to sell it until you actually have the eggs. Yeah. Right. But the selling of the eggs usually doesn't go as fast as, <laughs> as what you had planned. So then you have, have a lot of eggs to try to figure out what to do with, you know, make a lot of omelets or something like that. Yeah, right. And so that's always a struggle. Have with, happy neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> with, with, <laughs> with any startup. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's even, exactly. even worse with agriculture because you have to wait six months before you start getting eggs. And then, and then you have to start Which is selling. something we didn't know. We, yeah. we didn't know how long it actually takes to get a, a you know, a chick to become a, a laying hen. Yeah, it's it's actually a little shorter than that, but then the, the eggs you first get are smaller. Okay. So, and, and people want to buy large eggs and for the most part. So it takes a little more time to get to that larger size eggs. And so it uh, takes some planning to, to get that done. And we... We actually started out in um, the Rocky Ford area. Okay, that's where your farm was. Yeah, the start, okay. and, and the reason we did that was just because there was a guy in Taos, New Mexico, who's kind of starting out doing the same thing. Okay. So we thought, well, we can sell him eggs until you know we get established up here. So it'd be a good deal. So after him not paying us for a while, oh, yeah. <laughs> that happens. That, that small tends businesses. to happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's Especially a, early on, it's yeah. a re- recurring theme. And we thought, well, we just we we need to get get going with this. So we actually took the chickens and moved them up to Fort Lupton. Okay. So we have it'd be closer, and um, 
and then you know started the packaging and the marketing and, and all those things and we first started out and, and there was no cage free in the marketplace so at that time you go to the grocery store and it was all caged eggs but it yeah. didn't even say caged eggs they just, it just eggs. that's just what it they just were eggs. yeah the only the only other egg it might be a nutritionally enhanced egg at that time, but it was still a caged egg. Okay. So basically it was just white eggs. Okay. Maybe a few browns. And uh, so we'd go to the, the big marketers and go, all right, this is a great deal. You can be the first one. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's going to be great. You know, people are going to want this. And they'd say, does our competitor have it? No, but you can be the first one said well come back when the competitor has it so <laughs> we went to funny? the next the next big grocery store same thing <laughs> they would say well they have it and so it's like well we how do we get in no one wants to be the first no one wants, right. to, no be one wants to be the first through the door and then uh, <laughs> finally dad he was down in colorado springs and there was a small chain called cub foods okay We've and, heard of cub. and cub foods they, they actually let the dairy managers make decisions and so he got us in to some stores and cut foods. And then he'd get them in and he'd kind of go, well, I, I don't know how, you know how well to do, but we'll put them in. And then you know, a few days later, he'd come back and say, I'm out of eggs. <laughs> and, and so, Best problem ever that's for right. you guys. <laughs> and so then we could go back to the, the, you know, the even larger stores and say, They're we've got to change. Yeah. 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 We've got to change. Get on board. And so we could get them on board. And at that time, the, uh, the natural food stores were just kind of beginning. Okay. And and so, you know, you couldn't go to them as much. They, they were moving beyond vitamins and actually starting to carry some yeah, fresh food. Yeah, starting to carry some, some yeah. fresh food and some things like that. And and there was people that was doing cage-free, but they'd be really small. And so the complaint that we would get would be, yeah, they'd put them in, but then they'd go out of production or they'd do this or do that. We just wouldn't have any eggs. They couldn't right. supply volume. Right. Or wintertime. And, yeah, wintertime is yeah. over out of production. So, well, we know how to do it year-round, so you know, we, can, we can solve that. And um, so then that's how we got started, you know, basically. And, and over some struggle, we finally got, uh, got into some markets. And, yeah, and made a nice company out of that, too. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And Nest Fresh, I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard of Nest Fresh. Yeah. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about the difference between free range, organic, cage free, and there's other terms that I'm missing out. Tell, yeah. tell us, talk about those terms and what when, they are. When, now, when you go, especially even the, the uh, health food stores, um, you go in there and the egg case is giant. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it is. Always like it. There's an old movie, Airplane. It was a you know yeah. kind of a comedy, and the guy hasn't ever flown since like World War Two, and and he oh, has yeah. to has to fly the plane, and they have this scene where it just goes across this uh, console, and it just keeps going and going and going and going. <laughs> and that's like the eight case. You go, I don't know what it is. <laughs> you know, how do you, how do you make sense of it? So right. many options. There is, now. Really, there is. And so so actually, it really comes down to in, in any in the grocery stores. There's uh, about, uh, oh, like four categories. Okay. Or, th- or three categories only. Um, there's caged. And so still 75% of all the birds and all the eggs in, in the U.S. are from caged birds. You know? Okay. But then, still, you say like 75%? Yeah. 
that's a huge dent that's been made in the yeah. caged bird operation. Yeah, since 1991. Just yeah. It's basically zero. That's crazy. And um, so that's, you know, there's a move, California banned cages, so that's you know, okay. really kind of expanded that. Then, then you have um, cage-free. So basically, the, the chickens don't go outside, but they have movement, freedom of movement inside the chicken house. Okay, so they can be with their buddies. Yeah, so they can go. Be- so they're still not out in the sun, no. eating grass and bugs. It's no, not, but they're not stuck in a little cage, not, and they can go wherever okay. they want to in the in the chicken house. Okay. And then you have, I just call it the outdoor category. Okay. And so the outdoor category is your free range or pastured okay basically okay and I so don't, free range is outdoor still free range not, is okay. still outdoors and i don't count organic in that okay because of course there's the national organic program and not all of the organic birds go outside okay yeah they can be caged cage free not yeah. caged oh oh but, you can't be organic and caged no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can't be organic in cage. Okay. <laughs> but because of a loophole in the standards, um, the the bigger the big ag companies can basically have what they call covered porches, which is an outdoor access. And, okay. Um, and so they can line five hundred thousand chicken organic chickens in one farm, put them on a on a belt, and that belt runs it straight into the packing machine, and then they go up for there. So they're they're all for efficiency. <laughs> but still maybe not happy. Yeah. Right. Just fed organic food. Fed organic food. And and so it's it's basically cage free, but there are a lot of companies and, and so it's it's really not making organic competitive in the way that that it should be because there are people who do it right. In the standards it just says outdoor access. So it just depends on what your certifier says outdoor access is. Okay. And, and the USDA, in fact, they were coming up, they were trying to define what that meant. You know, outdoor access is like two foot or five foot uh, square foot outside. Well, that would have just taken away all the, the big ag yeah, guys. It would be hard to organic. let 50,000 birds have two to five square feet so, or five feet. So actually the, the National Organic Board said this is what we want to have happen. But then the, the egg lobby lobbied, and so the USDA said no. Okay. It stays the same. And so I don't count it as necessarily outdoor access unless it's a smaller farm. Okay. And, and they're, you know, they have a certified organic and they're doing it correct. And what's the outdoor access where you can have you know, 5,000 birds in a house, but they just have a little door that they could go outside if they wanted to? It's usually like heavy curtains around this like large barn, right? Well, the, the industry's moving towards that board. I mean, you hear more pastured about, you know, five to eight years ago, you didn't really hear much about pastured. So there's more larger companies that have gotten into pastured. And they'll, they'll put, you know, five to 20,000 chickens in a house. And there's doors all the way around this building and they do open them up and, and there's certifications for that. And- um, Do the chickens ever leave those buildings? Even when the doors they, are open, they do. Oh, they do. Okay. Although, if you have a twenty thousand bird house and have standards for pastured, which are defined, um, they won't utilize the whole pasture. Okay. Yeah. So if you say you've got 
the, those definitions are like 108 square foot per bird. So if you say we've got 108 square foot per bird, well, they use about 15. <laughs> because as chickens are chicken. <laughs> and anything that's, that's a little bit scary, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to go. And to go farther from home... Just like for us, you know, yeah. your kids, you go, oh, we're going to go. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we're going to go world traveling. That's scary. Yeah. And so for a chicken to go 50 acres and, and use utilize the whole 50 acres, it's kind of scary. Okay. They just won't do it. Yeah. Okay. Some of them, I mean, you have some that are adventurous, but, you know, when you have the majority of them. And, you know, some of them may not even go outside, but that's their choice. Okay. You so know, there's so. a lot of reasons why... Um, you want to keep the chickens inside besides predators though like why why is it cost effective or what is the reason behind keeping them non-pastured well the whole history you know in the, in the 50s they they were outside right and so, and but you'd get predators uh, i can remember dad telling a story one time is, is they had some pastured chickens and this hailstorm came up and the chickens were just running around and yeah. Oh, and the hell is beating them up. Hail. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you have all these things that could happen, and so, and disease and things like that. So at some point, somebody put some chickens in the cages, and some of those problems went away. Some of the disease problems, <laughs> and things. so I said, "Hey, you know what's good for the chicken? Because yeah, we put them in there. The it disease worked. problems went away." And then what happened is that the industry changed to that, and then in the eighties. What I started seeing happening in the industry was that I always say it. Of course, don't don't take this personally. Attorneys and accountants <laughs> <laughs> got a hold of the egg companies, and so if I've spent all this money on this building and I've got you know so many chickens in there, if I put one more chicken in that cage, then I get, even though they might lay a little less, I get this much more eggs out of them. Okay. So it stopped becoming what we called animal husbandry and just started becoming a, an accounting. Yeah, actuarial <laughs> yeah. sciences. Yeah, so, so how the chickens are taken care of and how, you know, all those things kind of, you, you take care of them to get production and things like that, but it, it kind of started going out the door. Okay. And that's a little bit when I started thinking about the, the cage-free thing because – my experience from raising pullets even in you know junior high and high school was that's the way we raised the pullets and um and i enjoyed that and they had the term in the 80s that started coming around the factory farms okay and and after i got out of college i was I don't know, like 22 years old i was responsible for about 15 employees most of all who were older than me and um 1.2 million chickens on wow. my farm. What? God. <laughs> and so after, after a while... That's huge, yeah. Gary. Yeah. Well, now it's even bigger. You know, there was a recent salmonella uh, recall, and it was actually in, in hit Colorado, too, on eggs. That farm is in North Carolina. That farm has 3 million chickens on one farm. So it's got like 250,000 birds in one house. How big are these houses? Oh, they're, I mean, you, you can see they're big. Um, yeah, I mean, do you know the dimensions? I don't, I don't I mean, know the dimensions anymore. But they're yeah. packed in there. Yeah. 
mean, well, it's, and it's then vertical like space because they're lined up cages, too. Yeah. Like there's not so just they, one of those. Yeah, they're, they're lined on top up. of each other, caged on top of each yeah. other. Cage on top of each other. They do have a, a manure belt underneath, so you know the manure is not dropping on the. On the so they have it under each cage. Yeah, under each cage. Okay. And, and that was my next question. Yeah. So at this point, is there just one chicken in a cage, or there's still a group of chickens? No, there's in a group cage. of chickens okay. in the cage. And, and and in fact, the industry, as they were getting packed, more packed and packed, and they were starting to get pressure that you know this isn't humane. Uh, they they have given them more space. They give them more leg room. <laughs> they give them a little more leg room. Yeah. They took it away from us when we fly and gave it to the chickens yeah. in their cages. Yeah. All right. So. <laughs> Leg rooms in demand. Leg rooms in demand. So it's, um, you know, the industry is going that way, and they're, they're, they're trying to deal with, with cage-free. Okay. Now, you can go into the store, and, and, and in fact, you're talking about the egg case, and that they'll have these uh, humane logos. Okay. You know, so there's a couple of, you know, for cage-free. Oh, or, right. So there's a couple of companies that um, certify that that these are you know cage free or, or of course organic logo it's done through the USDA so it's a, a separate one okay and really doesn't have a lot to do with animal welfare just that they were what they comply ate. with the organic yeah. standards and and those are good you know that's a good thing the only thing I probably have a problem with these certification companies is that um, of course they get paid you know if I want to put their logo on I have to pay them sure to certify them but they certify the big ag companies so what they certify is that the building that they go to was cage-free so you might have a farm with one million cage birds on the farm so they have to walk back past the one million cage birds to get to the cage-free birds to certify them. Okay. So if it's an animal welfare standard, what about the million chickens they just walked past? Do they just not get a certification for those? No, they don't. But, okay. But for company-wide, so how much does that company really care about Oh, animal yeah, welfare? I see what you're saying. So they're just doing a little bit so they can get the, the positive PR for some of it. Yeah. But then they're making the bulk of yeah. their... So I would prefer if these companies said, but they get paid for it. You know, well, so sure. The, the yeah, certification, certification companies company, get yeah. gets paid for it. I'm, I would I would prefer the certification company say, "We won't certify you unless yeah. you don't have any cage birds." Right. Because we want that to be for all the tickets for that company that, that your company. Yeah. Has. So maybe certify the company yeah. as opposed to the the specific the, the birds. Spe- yeah. Specific house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now there are companies that are old Nest Fresh. We were a hundred percent. You know, at least cage-free and organic. Okay. Um, and there are companies that that's all they do. And, and um, you know, so they they stick with that. And we even had one time where we had, um, with Nest Fresh, we had um, a processing plant, and we had some extra room to run eggs, and we had some grocery stores saying, hey, we want you to run all of our eggs. But there was also caged eggs. And so we had some discussions. You know, you know what do we do? And so we finally said, no, we're... You know that's not our mission. We're <laughs> we're providing cage free companies, so we're not going to. And you're working that's with great. a company to on a on a new kind of certification right now, right? Or well, that, I'll explain yeah, that to me a little. There's bit. another certification company. I like it a little bit better, and it, it, it they actually certify the mobile houses, which we'll we'll get to later. Yeah. But uh, they actually have a rating. Oh, okay. So it's it's one through five. 
So it's not all or nothing. Yeah. So so one would be cage free, and five would be uh, pastured with mo- mobile houses. Okay, gotcha. So the consumer that could take some of the confusion out of things. So the consumer can go and say, "Well, I want to buy only you know five fives. Yeah. and they feel that's the highest animal welfare standard. Okay. Or somebody else may say. You know, cage free. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Ones are good. And if, you know, if they had a zero and it was caged, okay, I'd be fine with that too because it's actually what. You know, yeah, and then the price will reflect in that. The price will reflect somewhat, in that too. Somewhat. Hopefully, that'll change because the cage is more efficient. And, yeah, and the chickens eat less, and sixty percent of our cost is feed. So, so go through. I think that's something that's really interesting. So we've we've talked a little bit about the labels, you know, cage-free or I guess organic's not part of that, but cage-free, pastured, um, so on and so forth. Um, Talk a little bit about the process of, you know, the chicken. Start with the egg. Start with the egg with the chicken in it. Well, that would go back to probably the hatchery. Okay. So, you know. You have to have the rooster. The, the chicken will still lay eggs whether there's a rooster there or not. Right, okay. So, you know, you go back to the hatchery, and, and there's actually companies, and they have, you know, they have their own breed selection that, you know, is supposed to lay a lot of eggs or, or whatever traits you want. Yeah. And uh, you buy those chicks from them, and um, then just the females, the they're – our industry has a problem. What do you do with the male chickens? Yeah, what, you know, they, does what do you do with the male chickens? At the hatchery, they euthanize them right now. Okay. Oh gosh. And, wow. Um, they're they're a lot lighter. There's not a lot of meat on them, even the roosters. So that's that's a problem for this industry. And it doesn't matter. I mean, if it, if you call it a pasture egg, they get the you know female chicks from the same place. Uh, yeah. And you know there there are some people trying to do studies to where they can. They can tell in the shell. Okay. Whether it's, you know, so they don't even have to have Maybe they them. just need to breed the roosters to start laying eggs. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we, we Is that possible? Do, well, sometimes in, uh, when we did farmer's markets, and, and Jackie, she would, uh, my wife, she would, somebody would come up and she'd say, if, if a rooster is on, a, on the barn and it's facing north-south, which side will the egg roll? <laughs> and most people would go north <laughs> and usually the kids would go roosters don't lay eggs <laughs> they know so we've got we've got the eggs we've got the you know we've got the eggs there's a there's a chicken in it the chicken is hatched and then what happens with the or how how do they how do they hatch you know what what do they what? what does the industry do with the little with the eggs before they hatch? Like, how does that work? Well, what they do, they have the breeder farms, and then they can. If you keep the, the eggs at about fifty five, sixty degrees, they don't start developing. Okay. So they'll kind of collect them up for that week, and then they can set a whole bunch of eggs all at once. Oh, so once, interesting. Okay. Once, once they add heat, then they all start developing at the same time. Okay, so they can oh. they can kind of shelf them for a little bit and yeah. then incubate all at the same all time. All at the same time and then okay. all hatch at the same time. So okay. that's a 21-day incubation period. Okay. And okay. so then they all hatch What's at the, the same time. What's the temperature? Uh, it's you know, close to 100 probably okay. starting out. And, and then it, it changes and you have to have a lot of air and you have to have machines that turn the eggs and, okay. and all those things. So kind of like the hen would do. 
if she was sitting on the egg. Okay. You know, because she'll you'll see them pull the egg underneath, and so she's turning it. And, okay, gotcha. And all that. So they just mimic what the hen would do in a machine. Okay. So it's hatched, and then um, then it goes to the pullet farm. So they, how do they get transported? Like in boxes? Yeah, they have you know for, for the larger stuff. You know, like if you if you bought from a from a hatchery, you know, for backyard chickens, uh-huh. it would come in a in a box with like four squares. Oh yeah. And, okay. And they could put a hundred chicks in there. Okay. And so these are kind of the same thing. It's just reusable. They just wash them and it's plastic. So they'll and they're stackable. So they put them all on a truck. With it's got air, it's got a generator, you know, all sorts of stuff to you know to keep the, the chickens going, keep them healthy on the while they're being. How do they get fed, or or is it are they delivered quick enough where that's well, not a worry? Well, they'll like catch them that night and they'll drive all night and they'll be there the next day. Okay. Okay, gotcha. And um, or if it's close, you know, it's just, just as them. soon as they can. Yeah. Can get okay. There. And then you just basically take the chicks and put them on the floor. And you've already got the feed and water there, and they just immediately start looking down and pecking around, and uh, they'll start okay. eating the feed and drinking the water. And, and then they can walk the first day. Yep. And oh wow! And then they can eat and drink from feed yep. and water yep. first day. So the equipment's designed to attract them, you know. So they are attracted to some colors: yellow, red. Okay, gotcha. And, and so the, the like the waters are and the feeders are red. Okay. Now that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Didn't know that. So at some point, somebody figured all that out. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, if I had a you know blue water, they don't like that. (laughs) Look, put a yellow one in there and see what happens. (laughs) So you know, trial and error, and and then then that pullet roar raises raises them up to about well commercially seventeen weeks. Okay. And then they're just ready to start laying. And you say commercially because as we talked, uh, you know, two, three weeks ago, I said, I've got these chickens, you know, I can't wait. And you said about 17 weeks. And then you said, oh, but. Yeah. Depends on what you have. It depends on what you you have. Yeah. The the hobby chickens or things like that, it's usually anywhere from 20 to 25. Okay. Depending on what breed it is. Yeah. Which is a lot longer. We thought we were going to have eggs this summer. (laughs) It just takes longer and they actually lay less eggs. Yeah. (laughs) But they're beautiful. And they act like pets. And they're fun. Yeah. And and they are are pets. And Jackie's not here because we just got 300 pullets in. So uh, she's... And Jackie's uh, your wife and business partner. Yeah. Yeah. And and so she's busy naming all the 300 chickens right now. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) We can't even name 10. Yeah, we can't. She always has some special ones. I call them the privileged few, and they, you know, they might be a little bit different, so you can, you know, differentiate them from the others, and so they get a name. And, and so they're the ones when we go into the chicken house, you know, we we talk to them first and <laughs> and everything else. Preferential treatment. That's right. One of the interesting things that I've heard uh, in the past, I, I think it was you and I were talking about this a year, two, three, I don't know, sometime in the past. Um, and that's that some people prefer fertilized eggs. Is that is that true? Some people do. There's not a lot of that. But, okay. Know, I'd heard sometimes like in the bodybuilding kind of, they think it's a whole, you know, more of a whole egg and, and okay. some things like that. More okay. protein. Yeah. So that's what, I thought it may be a cultural thing. or uh, There probably is some cultural things. With chickens, there are some kind of strange cultural things. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me some of them. Especially if you go, go in, into... Uh, you know, Asia. Okay. Um, brown chickens are, you know, in in here, you know, we, we think white is good 
um, for Asia, you know, black is good. So okay. white the chickens, feathers. they don't want, yeah, they, they okay. don't want to buy them. <laughs> okay. And, and some things like that. And, um, Interesting. You know, there's a lot of different kind of um, uses that, that different cultures might use with the blood and some things like that we just don't think of. Okay. Or, or what's, called a, what's called a balut egg, which is an Asian delicacy. They incubate the, the egg to so long and then stop incubation, and that's a delicacy. Uh, interesting. Oh. It's kind of disgusting. That's I've never tried one. But it's all what you're used to. Yeah, it's culturally, sure. Culturally, it's all what you're used to. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what was that last one called? Balut. Balut. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> so if you're ever in a restaurant and they have balut soup, maybe you want to avoid that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's probably not served unless... Unless you have to know where to go. Unless you're traveling. Yeah, you have to know where to go. Speakeasy. <laughs> oh, it's probably good for your skin. Yeah, right. <laughs> it keeps you looking young for a very There's long time. There's probably something like that. <laughs> you left at 110. Exactly. <laughs> so what are, what are some strange facts that people don't know about raising chickens or about just about chickens in general? What are some weird things that you know... I just gave you one about the egg. You, you, yeah. did, you really did about the egg. <laughs> you know, it's um, as far as just the process of doing it, it's kind of the same thing whether it's backyard chickens or you're trying to do it to make a living off of it with production. It's, it is uh, challenging at times, but fun business. Um, each step, like from cage to cage-free to going outside, you have different challenges because you're exposing the chickens to to different environments cage is easiest okay because it's it's protected and all kinds of things like that but i've always preferred seeing chickens running around and and doing weird things i mean yeah (laughs) if there's a uh, like if you've got a little pinhole in the building and sunshine comes and makes a point You'll see the chickens all just pecking and pecking, and trying to get it at the oh point. Oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah, so it's like a cat in a that laser light. Like, <laughs> that. That makes me want to drill a hole through and the through I, one of the I know, right? walls. Yes. And so they're you know they're they'll just all just peck at it, and I saw. So they're curious. They're they're curious. I saw like a little piece of a feather in a chicken house the other day, and I just watched the chicken, <laughs> and I watched it go down, and then she pecked at it. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, so it's. They're, they're really fun to watch. So once yours gets, well, even now, but even as they get older, they're just... Uh, it's just interesting little interesting, animals, aren't yeah. they? So do they always turn their heads upwards when they're drinking? Well, they can't swallow. Okay. So... Um, That's definitely an interesting chicken fact. <laughs> yeah. So they, they don't have, you know, we have what's called the peristaltic wave, which, you know, we eat and it, it pushes the food down. Well, they don't have that. Okay. They have a little barb on their on their tongue, and so for like grain, that barb shoves it down shoves the it, back. Shoves, shoves it down the back, and then, okay. So it's easier to drink if if they're looking up. So okay. if you've got like a tub of water, you'll see them dip, and then their head will go up. Yeah. What's throwing that water? Yeah. Back. The first time I saw that, I thought they just kept looking up at me, and I was like, why? Why? What yeah. are they looking at? They're letting and then gravity I realized do the work. they were drinking water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're, they're letting gravity do the work. And That's it, pretty neat. Down. And uh, chickens are, their digestive system is, is like ours. Um, 
you know, they have a, a true stomach that has acids and all that, and then, then it goes through a small intestine and okay and out. So, as in one of those facts that you read off, they're omnivores, so they're like us. They can okay. eat, eat uh, meat or, or grain or, or whatever else, insects or, or fun. Um, Is there a certain, like, type of feed that people like to feed chickens to make the eggs taste differently or like what what they eat is reflected in the egg right yeah, well, what they eat is reflected in the egg there's some feed ingredients that can actually make them taste bad okay and like what it'd be like fishy oh and it's not just like fish meal because some places might feed fish meal but um uh, like can- canola okay. can can do that if they eat too much of it Okay, gotcha. And it's, it's kind of breed specific too. One breed, it might not happen. Okay. So there's there's things that can happen. Um, the egg yolk color, uh, you know, varies from light yellow to a dark orange, and a lot of that is is based on antioxidants. Okay. Oh. So, um, like yellow peppers or red peppers and all those kind of things that we eat. And we, antioxidants it's it's good for us you know so uh-huh. we recommend we eat a lot of them well they take that and they put it in the yolk okay so what does it become darker or lighter it become darker okay with yes. the more, the so more, the more an- orange antioxidants the more antioxidants the more. you have okay good to know that's pretty cool yeah. so is that you would prefer that then right yes okay oh. and you know it's interesting we we've been buying farm eggs uh, for a long time soon we will use our own eggs but we've been buying farm eggs for a long time and we've always noticed that the eggs the yolk is a lot there's a lot more of it and it's a lot richer darker color mm-hmm. um, now we know it's and that's part of it I mean even now the like if you go buy go to the feed store and buy Perina feed they put marigold extract into the feed and that makes you know you feed your chickens that and it, so it, most most companies it helps. do that now yeah so okay you gotcha get the, get the color okay gotcha and, and in, the summer, in the summertime depending on what's in the field um you know they can pick up some of that stuff in in, in the field they're again they're like us so they, they don't go grazing um so it, they're not like a bunch of cows out in the field that'll cover the whole field uh, and they can't eat too much grass. It'd be the same as us trying to eat too much grass, and that's all we have. Okay. Mm-hmm. So basically, even the pastured chickens eat the same amount as the cage-free chickens, maybe just a little bit more, because the more they get exercise, yeah, you've got to feed them. <laughs> they they eat to their energy needs, so the more energy okay. they're <laughs> they're outplaying, then then the more they're going to eat. So let's switch gears yeah. to talk about what you're doing now. That's what I want to hear about these. This is a pretty neat thing that you're doing now. The coops, the chicken RV, RV. the chicken tractors. Yeah. Well, or Jack, not chicken tractors. Sorry, that, that's okay. Jackie and I started um, the chicken track about 2012, so we we had about 3,000 chickens, and um, we were renting a building, so we weren't in the best of locations. So that was one one drawback, but we. We really did what what we were doing. So we we started out just calling it cage free, even though we did let the chickens out. It was sand and 
uh, goat heads and you know it just it wasn't pasture (laughs) (laughs) right and uh, so we we had a it was basically a non-soy non-gmo feed that we fed the chickens and okay and it was local so that was really the emphasis you know it was was trying to can we go into a local market that's that's this big mess of (laughs) eggs in the case and um and be successful and so we started that out but we were doing everything so you know we we with a graphic designer we designed our carton and we were gathering the eggs we were washing the eggs we were packing the eggs we were doing the marketing we were doing the sales and yeah and all those things and that's where we had met because one of our marketing strategies was we would go to the farmers markets and it's kind of difficult with just one product like eggs in a farmers market um you know you kind of need to have the little variety too much variety is too much too much is too much and you have just a little bit more yeah um but we were we were kind of in with somebody that did honey okay (laughs) and uh and so we started doing that and that's how we met like diego and and so what we found out was that um we really liked doing it we liked talking to the people and, and, and most people would come up and ask questions and, and do all those things and we would do just like what we're doing here and, and so I like doing it because I like to talk about chickens yeah and um, we can and tell so we had fun <laughs> you love the yeah. chickens we had fun doing it yeah and, but but for us and we also found someone else that, that had like a meat deal and they were doing like 26 farmers markets so we said well we'll just wholesale to you and um, then you can do whatever you want to with it but well but we always had our label on the carton so that when the farmer's market was done, our chickens were still laying eggs. And so what we tell people is go go to the store. Um, tell them you want to see these because once the farmer's market's done, yeah, where are, you, where are they going to get their eggs? Yeah. And it was good and it's bad because we had people from the mountains calling after it was over yeah, saying, you, hey, okay, where are you going to get your eggs? Were you delivering eggs then at that point? Okay. <laughs> and and wow. we weren't really prepared for that. At the, okay. Even though we thought, well, this is a great strategy, we, we didn't think past that. <laughs> and um, But we were sold out anyway, so it was hard. And, and we really came to the choice of we were doing everything, and uh, we, we knew how to do it. We weren't in a location building-wise that we wanted to be. And so either we had to get a bunch of financing and you know try to still do it all ourselves or do all that or, or do something else. And, and I was doing some consulting too, so that was bringing in some extra income, and and kind of got busy with that. So we made the decision to kind of reset. Okay. And and so we wanted to reset, so we take our experiences that we got from that, and see if we can teach other people that might want to do that, if if there are people that might want to do that, how to do it. But that also means the building design and and uh, yeah because we want to make it right. easy and it's know, been a process to yeah. get here yeah because we know the stuff that's hard i mean in the winter time we were shoveling the chicken house out and we were doing all these things we were doing all this work because we really didn't have any insulation so it would just kind of rain in the buildings we, we weren't in the best environment for us or the chickens okay and so we would take what we know from the larger egg kind of things and the efficiencies that they that they have yeah. to be able to take care of that many chickens, but then reduce it to, you know, five hundred or a thousand chickens, which is still a ton of chickens. Yeah. Still a lot. It is chickens. still a lot. I of couldn't chickens. even imagine like 
being around 500 chickens. I couldn't imagine imagine 50. I know. <laughs> no. 10 is a lot for it's, us. But it's just as fun with 500 to 1,000. It's even more fun and more stressful. So. <laughs> but we wanted to be able to take what we know, our knowledge, and, and give it to other people. Because you really, you got to have some volume to, to make a business out of sure. it. Sure. Yeah. So otherwise it's a hobby. And, and what we saw was there's nothing in between. There's the, the 10 to 50 chickens and backyard kind of stuff. Yeah. And then there's the large, even, even the pastures large scale, like 20,000 birds in a building. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing in between. So can we, can we do something in between? And can we make it local? So it's not only, you know, I live in Missouri now. So, you know, why is somebody from Missouri talking about local in Colorado? Well, it's that I can train somebody here in Colorado to do it if they want to. Or you can train them anywhere. I can train them anywhere. Yeah. And then we can train a person to, um, you know, if we get like five people wanting to do it, we can train one person to make sure everything's right. And with technology now, all that information I can I can get in Missouri. Yeah. And, and your goal is to have people in different locales throughout. In the country, yeah, right? In, in, in metro areas. Yeah. So, you know, I, um, I feel like there's kind of a, a, a switch. Most people are two or three generations now removed from the farm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh, but you get some, some younger people and, you know, they're in a cubicle and, and want something else. Yes. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. That's happening more and more. Yeah. yeah. People are, yeah, there's a reemergence of desire to farm. Yeah. But in Missouri, if you want to put in a pastured house, just one, you're spending almost a million dollars for the 20,000 yeah. bird house. Well, that's a lot of money. It's, yeah. <laughs> and uh, people don't, most well, people don't, don't people have People don't that have money. that unless the big companies are going to pay for it and then own the yeah. people. Well, well you, have yeah. to, you have to get a contract from the, yeah, from the big company and then you sign your life away to the bank. And then if anything goes wrong with the big company, and, and I've seen people in, in Missouri and Arkansas that, well, they lost their contract, but they still owe on that million dollars. Yeah. Yes. You know, so a big broiler complex, you would own it. It cost you one and a half, two million dollars. It does cost an investment to, to do this. Yeah. So we would like to, to train them how to do that, help them with the marketing, and then uh, sharing the profits. Okay. And so, so your trailers and RVs hold like how many chickens? Well, right now we've got a guy in Kansas. So uh-huh. he'll be our first producer. We get chicks uh, for him in July. Okay. And um, he'll have 800 chickens. 800. Yeah. Okay. That's so cool. And they all fit in this trailer. Yeah. Now, now the pullets um, is more stationary. But then the, the, the lane house will be able to move through the field so that we can give, take the pasture to them. Which is really neat because they, they won't destroy just a certain yeah, area and you can move them. You can, you can move it. So it's environmentally, it's good because you let that part of the pasture rest and, and if you need to reseed or do some. Because chickens really, they just scratch and... And how big is this lane house? Like, what's the dimensions? Well, the... Um, it's kind of like a transformer, though. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and it's um, well for the pullets we give basically inside the building one square foot per bird. Okay, and then for the the layers it's one and a half. Okay, okay. 
And, um, but we also have some belts, manure belts, because if you take the manure out of the building, the environment is better for the chickens. Yeah. Because they don't have ammonia and things like that. So we have manure belts. So we can actually layer them just a little bit for that one and a half square foot. So the building doesn't have to be as big. Okay. Okay. That's great. So it has the manure belts in it and it has probably like automatic feeders and water. It can it can have either systems. one. systems. Okay. Um, you know, you going to get your dad to build a manure belt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure this out right now. <laughs> actually, our, we have a little a little house. It's just cage free, but we we actually put manure belts in it and all we do is just pull it out and Okay. And it dries up real nice. We just sweep it up and put it in a compost pile. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's all the other part of the process. You know, we can use compost. That compost can go to whatever else you're growing. So it's not something that that maybe somebody would go, this is just all I'm going to do. So it might be something that's good for a CSA, an additional to what they're, okay. what they're already so they're doing. The community-supported agriculture, yeah. or then the farm could and, and really farm supplement their own having, eggs. Yeah, have another, yeah. Uh, another supplement for, for their income. Yeah. And on those kind of things. Because you and I have talked about that. And, and, you know, in order to succeed today, you can't just, you can't just grow corn. You can't just grow peppers. You've got to grow a lot of different things. You've got to diversify really everything that you're doing. And really, you know, agritourism is another big one for small, small operators that, you know, it's another option. It's It's another option. And you need somebody that knows what they're doing. And so there's three primary houses with this, right? Yeah. There's the laying house, mm-hmm. and that kind of is like a transformer. You call it a chicken RV, and you can yeah. move it around, which mm-hmm. is so cool. <laughs> and then there's the the pullet house, right? No, that was the pullet house. Oh, that's that is the the, the laying house. You move around. The laying house is okay. And then the feed, and and then the feed, the feed barn or feed well shed. Uh, we'll start out probably buying feed, you know, doing a farm okay. and, and buying from a local um, co-op or something like that. Um, I had thought at one time if we could figure out a small kind of grinder and, and mixer. Because and, you and have a good, a good uh, I don't know if you call it a recipe, formula. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've got, for, for organic. Yeah, I've done feed. nutrition work for. for Which I think so. Too, so. Yes. You've put all of the work and science mm-hmm. in, into it. So where can people find out more about that? Like where can they get in touch with Terry and, hey, I want one of these? Probably right now the best thing is to call. I mean, okay. We'll be developing a website. Uh, I've got one that's out there, but it's it's so old. Okay. <laughs> not really using it, <laughs> and uh, and it's, it doesn't fit what we're we're trying to do now. But uh, yeah, just to call me. Okay. And, um, do you want us to yeah. put your phone yep. on the, in the show so, notes? All right, yeah, we'll put his phone down there in the show notes so we can on the website. Yeah. And yeah, so that's probably the the, the best way. And we're, we're still still trying to figure things out because it it does take some investment still. Okay. And although you could lease land, you know, instead yes. of having to buy yeah, land. True. So, so those things. Or find the farmer that uses a center pivot and then use a chip. Put it in the corner. The, the yeah, corners lease the corner that they or something use. like that that they're not using. <laughs> so it's utilizing all those kind of things. And then getting into the market and doing all those kind of things, it takes some money too. And you guys will help with the marketing. You'll help with the packaging, the branding, yep. like all of it, sales. start to finish. Start, start to finish. Sales, the distribution. Sales, and, and so sales that's distribution, yeah, getting into stores and things like that. Getting into stores. You know, I see the contracts for these larger larger groups, and it's kind of one-sided. Yeah. The, the marketers makes the money. Right, yeah. The, the guy doing the packaging. And you've worked, on, you've worked with them to yeah. try to, yeah. I, and so this is more where we 
we lay everything there on the table. You know, so as a business thing, you've got to come out each month and, you know, close your books and things like that. So we'll do the same thing. So we'll know where we're at. Okay. Between each individual farmer. And and then if we have a group of them, if one farmer is short of eggs, then we can... So you're you know, creating a co-op amongst yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really... Yeah, neat. that is great. Because and then, that's the number one, like, problem that that grocery stores and chains want to say is that you know the the supply isn't, yeah. isn't the there. there so if you have this co-op that can always make sure to and we heard that when we first started chicken track is, right is that they'd say yeah i had this guy and then you know winter time came and he said oh my chickens aren't producing right and then and then he'd come back in the spring and say hey my chickens are producing i'm ready to go <laughs> and then it would be june and say farmer market's going i can't so they got them for four months out of the year yeah so um <laughs> Uh, it, right. It, so they know that, pro- you know, so yes. they see small egg production as, yeah. I don't, I don't have supply. Right. And and but, but there are some smaller independents that really like that, but still they want their supply. They still want their supply. Yeah. yeah. And and you want to be able to because somebody's going to the store, they want to be able to buy your product. And you'll be able to help those guys, do do the, your farmers yeah. make a supply. Yeah, we help with production supply. so they have production year round. Yeah. And so there's there's. Good and bad things. Production year rounds. Once the farmers markets end, you got, yeah. you <laughs> you got a lot of eggs to deal with. A lot of omelets. But then um, the the good thing is most sales egg sales in the stores go down in the summer. Okay. And they go up in the winter. Oh, that's right perfect. Like, so, like, it's so, so it kind of helps. Yeah. Helps Interesting. That way. Yeah. Terry, if there is a message you could share with everybody, uh, a philosophy or just just a message that if you could put it out to the world what what would that message be well you know i think one of the things is um you know s- set goals and then do it i love it you know we yes. that is awesome i i coached track too uh, when when we were here and um so we'd set goals at the beginning of the years sometimes we would you know we'd, we'd kind of test the kids you know with their abilities and we go this isn't gonna be a good year <laughs> 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 And another time you go, man, this is going to be all right. But what we ended up doing was that from this, from the start of the season to the end, you will be better if you let us help you. Yeah, so we would set goals. You know, here's where you're at now. Where do you want to be? So set those goals and do it. And we'd always go, and it's, it's really an old movie, so a lot of people don't get it. But in the old Ten Commandments movie, you know, with Charlton Heston uh-huh. and the Pharaoh always goes, so let it be written, so let it be done. So that's what I was, you know, if you put it on a, on a bulletin board, you say, so let it be written, so let it be done. Write your goals down and then do it. I love it. Great. That is awesome. Yes. That's one of the best answers we've gotten It yet. is. <laughs> well, Terry, thank you so much. Thanks for uh, coming all the way from Missouri for this. This has been awesome. <laughs> well, thanks I for having I know you probably you. have other things going on too, but yeah. thanks for spending the time with us for yes, sure. Yes, we love it. And um, everybody out there, thank you for tuning in today. Uh, Again, we know there's lots of stuff you could be doing. We really appreciate you tuning in. And hopefully you're learning more and learning about chickens today. Send us questions. Tell us what you guys want to hear. If If there's questions we haven't asked, I mean, we can always follow up with people like Terry we can follow up and ask him these these questions so go to edibleeconomy.com or subscribe rate us perfect subscribe through your favorite podcast app provider yes and um, rate us 
You can find the show notes on our website. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Edible Economy. And our email is edibleeconomypodcast at gmail.com. Oh, yeah, that's a brand spanking new one. Brand spanking new. And thank you to Truth and Legend Productions. Yes, thank you, Truth and Legends. And everybody, again, thank you. And we look forward to talking to you guys again real soon. Bye.